welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my beautiful girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is, what is it, July 14th? Maybe. 13th. July 13th, 1996. It is 1996. And we're here coming at you with more news. More movies. That's a film projector. Yeah, I need to know what the more was supposed to be. People taking pictures. Uh, what a scoop! Right. Yeah. More thrills. Ah. More laughs. I don't think that you have a career in uh, sound effects coming up here, dear. I can't be like that guy from Police Academy. Nah. Oh no, Michael Winslow is his name. That kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, we have a special guest here, and her name is... Abella, hi! Her name is Abella. <laughs> Welcome, Bella. She changed her name from Bella to Abella. No, I did not. Bella is Carol's niece, and she's uh, here to talk about the movie with us because... She saw the movie, too, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, I did. It was very good. I'm glad (laughs) you liked it. Uh, You're tipping your hand here a little bit. But uh, first, we've got some news to talk about, or as Bella would say, some snooze to talk about. (laughs) I I, do not snore. (laughs) I agree with you, Bella. It's a little boring. So, uh... Our, our good friend Mike Duffy, a.k.a. Captain Videophile, uh, has some more notes from Captain Videophile. Sci-fi Dark Skies is on the horizon for NBC. Have you heard about this show, Carol? Dark Skies. I haven't, but... It's a new I'm, sci-fi show. I'm kind of scared of new sci-fi shows after uh, that crap we watched a couple weeks ago. Oh, my God. A couple weeks ago. It was like months ago. Well, but see, it always seems like not that long ago. You're talking about the, the uh, what was it, DB Bloodlines. Movie? Yeah, that's what it's called. Blood- God, you remember the name. <laughs> it scarred me. It, it's it made an imprint. Awful. Uh, the Peacock Network, already top rated, and the happy home of ER friends and Seinfeld it just happens to have a new fall series called Dark Skies this retro sci-fi saga fortuitously echoes Independence Day and a storyline about Earth under attack by creepy aliens from outer space do you think we should give it a try I don't know Dark what do you think Bella Dark Skies. What do you think about that? I think they're trying to ape off the popularity of the X Files. Well, I want to say. Well, I want to say something first. You know how you call you calling that paper your friend? It says the paper. Listen to Vicky Lawrence. Vicky Lawrence says she's game for game and talk shows. Do Whoa. we? Do we care? <laughs> I I don't. I don't even know who she is. I don't know who that person is, and I 
You don't, don't either? Vicky Lawrence. You don't know what a talk show is. Oh, a talk show is where they talk on a show. Yeah. Like, oh. we're like, you know, uh, Oprah will like have people on or. Uh, they either they either interview celebrities or the worst trailer trash you can imagine. <laughs> right? Oh. If you're a normal person, you can't get on a talk show. But, yeah, that's the uh, that's the bar. Well, maybe if you're the alien from this movie, you could get on that talk show. Yeah, maybe you could. <laughs> he was quite a phenomenon. He'd be on a talk show. Yes, what's up? Phenomenon. We watched Phenomenon. I don't remember which one was Phenomenon. Oh my goodness. The one that you was- keep saying that you liked it. And one's about this guy getting shot by a light, and one's about aliens coming to Earth. I don't know. So I, a, the aliens, co- aliens, the aliens coming to Earth movie is Independence Day, which we talked about last week. Yeah, and the one with the guy getting shot by the light is a phenomenon. Which but is, you already know one thing about it, right? He gets shot by a light, right? No, that's the perfect description of the movie, right? Vicky there. Lawrence uh, used to be on Mama's Family. She was, and she, I think she, she was on Carol Burnett's show for a while or something like that too. She sang a song. She, I think she had a hit song too. She's a jack of all trades, a Jill of all trades. Okay, but she wants to do talk shows because she's not doing anything right now. So she's bored. So we have to listen to her. Exactly. All right. That's correct. And I don't even know that. Person. She looks like everyone's aunt in 1986. She's got short, cropped, curly red hair. Oh my god, that was my aunt in 1986. See, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. He's uh, right. Rapper Snake. Wow. Listen to this. Rapper Snake are Voight's pals. What? Listen to this ridiculousness. John Voight is in the final stages of Columbia's ambitious Anaconda thriller after weeks of arduous location shooting in the Amazon rainforest. So they schlepped to the Amazon rainforest to film a movie called Anaconda uh, with co-stars including large snakes. Oh, jeez. John admits he felt a little bit of fear. (laughs) In the movie Anaconda. Yeah. And the rainforest. Except when, in an acting phenomenon, he went into character as a bad guy who was totally unconcerned about the creatures. Yeah, John Voight. What a what an actor. What a what a hero of acting. <laughs> Voight says he got along I think he should be scared. Yeah, well he said he's he says he was. Voight says he got along especially well with one snake, an eight foot boa constrictor that cooperated well with him and struck me as very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> we had chemistry. Oh, my God. I really believed it liked me, he said, but he called it it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is this dude falling in love with a snake? Yeah, this, uh, gross. this doof has fallen in love with a snake. The actor who's in the forefront of the popcorn movie scene with this summer's Mission Impossible. Remember, we saw the Mission Impossible. Yeah. Voight was in that, too. Also got along well with rapper Ice Cube. Don't come to their, the snake's wedding. Okay. 
Because if you put a jack, it's going to bite you. Okay, honey. Uh, <laughs> are, you, uh, are you interested in seeing this movie about snakes? With, with John Voight and rapper Ice Cube. Um, I don't know. I didn't think that sounded good until I found, heard about the rainforest because that's kind of interesting. I mean, I'd like to just see the movie being filmed in the rainforest. And um, it sounds like enough of a train wreck that it would be entertaining. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, you want to do today's test? <laughs> Today's what now? Today's test. Let's see if you guys can get this right uh, on this date in history. In 1816, Argentina declared independence from what? Brazil, France, Portugal, or Spain? Portugal? Of course it was France. France is the city of love. France is a country, but it's Spain. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Neither one of us got it. In, 18, so in 1850, President Zachary Taylor died after serving how many months? Four, eight, 16, 24, 30, 36. Which one's longest? 36. <laughs> 36 is the answer. No. What? 18? 16. Uh, there was no 18, so... I 16. Think, I think that's what you meant. <laughs> that's so you that's got what I meant. In 1896, who caused a sensation at the Democratic Convention by denouncing supporters of the gold standard? William Jennings Bryan, Charles E. Hughes, Henry Capitolage, or Theodore Roosevelt? Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt. No, it was William Jennings Bryan. He gave <sighs> a very famous cross of gold speech. We're, we're failing here, Bella. Finally, can you name the oldest and youngest of these celebrants? So the, this, their, it's their birthdays today, uh, all these people. Tom Hanks, Kelly McGillis, Courtney Love, and Jimmy Smits. Who is the oldest? Hey, instead of us two doing this one, how about you do this one? Jimmy Smits is the oldest. I think he already has the answer. Courtney Love is the youngest. There you go. You know Jimmy Smith from Switch with Ellen Barkin. Nope. Okay, how about this? The 1996 Horde Festival, H-O-R-D-E, featuring Blues Traveler, Lenny Kravitz, Rusted Root, Natalie Merchant, Jeff Healy, The Samples, God Street Wine, and Fiji Mariners. You want to do this, Carol? You want to go to the Horde Tour? It sounds decent. Yeah, other festivals are streamlining their sounds. Lollapalooza 96 is heavy stuff for the Spermanites. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Porno for Pyros and Perry Farrell is uh-huh. going to be there. The Warped Tour is Skate and Surf for the Suburbanites. <laughs> and then everything's for the Suburbanites. Apparently. Kravitz gives a thumbs up to Horde. Does Deliberate Diverse Bill. So this one is, uh, as you can see, a little more diverse. Because we got Blues Traveler, we got Lenny Kravitz, we got Natalie Merchant. It sounds interesting to me. I don't know what you think, Carol. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> You've barely talked this episode. <laughs> what, what do you want to say about the Horde tour? I don't know what that is. It's a music festival. I like music. Now, yeah, you do like music, I know that. 
Uh, you like that song Hook, right? Blues Traveler. Oh yeah, that was... the hook brings. Yeah. I thought they said the hook. No, it's the hook. <laughs> I know. The hug brings you back. <laughs> Your hugs bring me back, Bella. <laughs> All right, Carol. Carol, what about this? Mad about you's finale had some twister fun. The season finale of Mad About You. Did you catch it? No. Oh, no. I'm sad. We're going to have to catch it in the summer reruns. Yeah. The TV, the summer TV doldrums have allowed me, finally, to catch up on the extras mail. And uh, so it's talking about, uh, uh, let's see, easily the most popular of the new extras was slipped into the season finale of NBC's Mad About You. The subject of the episode in which Helen hunts Jamie and Paul Reiser's Paul had a a major fight was serious, but the writers weren't above having a little bit of fun. I've been a fan of extras ever since you started it, writes John Ahern, and I finally found one. Jamie's sister Lisa and her fiancé are playing the game Twister (laughs) when Jamie walks into their apartment. The film Twister, starring Helen Hunt, opened in theaters the week before. Very fun, huh? What is the game Twister? It, you put this mat on the floor that has different colored dots, and then somebody spins a, a little arrow that points to a different color dot and a different body part, and then you have to put whatever body part onto whatever color dot. Oh, now I know what that game is. I want that game. It's kind of fun. Right arm red and such. And you got to try to be the last one standing. Get me that. I, want, I, I need that game. All right, why don't well, you'll you have ask, to ask your mother. Yeah, why don't you ask your parents for that game? Okay, be back. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's let's finish the show. Then you can go find your parents. Okay, well, I, I also cannot get out of this chair. <laughs> We've <laughs> strapped her into the chair. <laughs> it's by design. Like, a clock, like clockwork orange. Right. No, Anytime not. we babysit uh, for Bella, we uh, we make sure that she's strapped in. <laughs> Or else she'll run all around the apartment. Or wherever we live. Your apartment. Yeah, we're not. I live in my house. We don't live together yet. You own your own house? My mom's house. (laughs) Anyway. The movie we saw this week, as Bella so astutely pointed out, was called Phenomenon. Where a man gets shot, where a man named John Travolta (laughs) gets shot by a light. I see how you're grabbing it. If if I was him, I could just use my hand, like get adjusted like this, and I and I could just pull right to me. That's right. It's pretty cool. Would uh, you like to have powers like that? I would like to have that power that I was talking about. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Do you want to pay the price for it though? No. Because nope. The it so this is interesting to me in a way. Uh, if by the way. We're going to spoil this movie. If you have not seen the movie Phenomenon and you want to see the movie Phenomenon, go see the movie Phenomenon <laughs> and then come back to this because there there are things to be spoiled in this movie and we're going to and I'm going to spoil it right now. Every time you say Phenomena, 
It makes me think of the Muppet Show. But I'm gonna. But I'm gonna. But I'm gonna. Yeah. What is that puppet? It's time to. Uh, how's it I'll going? show you, honey. It's time to light the. Uh, I don't know how it goes, babe. It's time to start the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to something something on the Muppet Show tonight. Right. I thought they were gonna. I thought you were gonna say light the fire. No, no, it's not a Jim Morrison song. Light the fire. Come on, baby, light my fire, manamana. <laughs> um. So here's my here's my question. Does this movie make sense? Because um, it's no. It it presents itself. He gets shot by this light, right? And it presents itself as if it's a supernatural force, right? Most people thinking alien, which allows him to be smarter than anyone else. He's all of a sudden he he understands things. Things click in his brain better. And as you pointed out. He can move things, and not only little things. Mm-hmm. He moves, uh, he moves, you know, a pen, and he moves stuff like that. But at one point, he, he moves the board. That's what I'm saying. At one point, he goes searching for a little kid who he can feel. Yeah, that was weird too. Like he has so much yeah. empathy, he can feel other people's pain. Yeah, he could feel uh, someone's pain from a distance. Yeah, right, and he could feel. Uh, when an earthquake was going to come, right? So you're thinking, oh, obviously this is this is some sort of supernatural power, but it's not. No. The movie tells us that the only reason these things are happening to him is because he has a brain tumor that happens to be like octopusing out in the exact right way, uh, lighting up different areas of his brain all at once. So it's like activating parts of the brain that we don't usually use. Yeah. Which, which is bullshit, we, by the way. But Wait, what I do you mean? Say, I want to say something. Yes, yeah, oh, of course you do. <laughs> um, this thing. This thing. You gotta, look, you gotta, you gotta look at the this microphone. This thing that's in his brain, mm-hmm. um, he doesn't want to get it removed. Well, he, they, they won't remove it. They can't. It would it kill, will kill him. him. Yeah. yeah, and they say in the movie... Usually these things make you dumber and destroy your brain. Yeah, that's right. But in this way, it's the opposite thing. But my question is, if he had just gotten smarter, then this is a believable story. Yeah, I guess. But how is this giving him so many powers? Because we have so much of our brains that we don't use and we don't know what it would do. But that's a myth. See... The whole thing like, oh, human beings only use 10% of your brain or whatever, that's not true. That's been debunked many, many times. We use our whole brain all the time. There are certain things like music. Music is a global process of your brain. You use many different parts of, of, of your brain uh, when, when doing music, when playing music, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, we have a corpus colostrum, which is uh, the thing that connects the, the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere of the brain. So that they can communicate with each other. Sometimes people uh, have to have split brain surgery, where they separate the corpus callosum. They they actually they actually do an incision and physically separate the two hemispheres of the brain because it's usually a, the last uh, ditch effort to um, to fix some seizure disorders. And uh, when they do that, sometimes people can get alien hand syndrome, 
where their left hand starts to just move work independently from them because the left hand is connected to the right hemisphere of the brain. And when they do the split brain surgery, most of your higher conscious thought is in your left, the left hemisphere of your brain. So all your thoughts, you know, everything that you're consciously thinking is in the left hemisphere of your brain. So your left hand is doing all the stuff that your right hand wants to communicate, but can't no longer communicate to the left hemisphere of your brain. Weird. Yeah, like uh, spatial recognition, our artistic expression, stuff like that's, you know, more right hemisphere dominant. But there are things, like I said, music is a global process, right? So, you know, there we use all of our brain a lot. People have speculated that you could do certain things, telecon, telecon, or uh, what, TSP, uh-huh. you know, telepathy and stuff like that. That that's okay. Stop. Uh, that you could do certain things like that if we tapped into the things in our brain that that allow some people to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's no real scientific evidence for it. And to get these kind of powers, it's just weird to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's very realistic. Even him getting smarter from a brain tumor doesn't seem very realistic. I mean, I guess it's... I don't know. The the the, the uh, conceit of the movie is that this tumor is making more connections than your brain even normally makes. That it's... It's somehow lighting up uh, different areas of the brain, different brain cells connecting one to the to the other and everything. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. The entire time, Robert Duvall, who's his doctor, who apparently raised him like a father, is saying, like, hey, you need to get a scan. You need to get a scan. Yeah. And it's not until the dude collapses again that they're like, okay, let's do a scan. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you have a brain tumor. It's like if they'd done the scan he wanted to do at the beginning of the movie, movie's over. Yeah. Well, and maybe they could have fixed it. And, I mean, maybe because it was probably growing. Maybe, but by the time you're seeing, you're having hallucinations of lights, and they're knocking you down. It's that's is probably was too late. Yeah. I mean, he was having he was having extreme uh, physical symptoms of the brain tumor. So that I mean, that seems very involved. Well, and like like Bella said, he wasn't sleeping. I can't even imagine. I mean, this this movie takes place over weeks. Oh yeah, I think months. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. And, I mean, of course you'd, like, go crazy. That's one thing I don't like. He doesn't go crazy. He should go crazy. <laughs> yeah, he should. Let's go crazy. <laughs> uh, there's so... The movie was... I would say it was good. Yeah. I, I didn't love it, but I, I liked it. It's, see, this is going to be one of those boring reviews because it's. I don't feel super strong in one way or the other about it. I thought... The fantastical elements were a little too fantastical for for the mundane uh, explanation that they ended up giving it. Well, you know, one thing I want to talk about in this movie, too, is this love story. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird and not earned. Okay. Like, okay, the You're girl makes... Kira Sedgwick? Yeah, this girl makes wicker chairs, and he buys all her chairs and just fills his house with these chairs and is pretending other people are buying them. Mm-hmm. And she gets pissed, but then immediately is like, oh, I'm in love with you now, when she finds that out. And then she wants to, like, be with him at the end of his life and stuff. Like, 
what you haven't even been dating that long. Like yeah. the whole thing was really weird. At one point, he finds her kids on the side of the road picking flowers yeah. and just grabs them. <laughs> Just like, hey, hop in my truck, kids. That's not weird. Right. And they haven't even been dating or anything yet. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like. Every time she sees him, she's like, you know, she he asks her out or whatever. And she's like, no, and get away from me. It's Well, she's not like that. I mean, it's she doesn't want to date him. But she's it's not. She's very clear about that at the beginning of the movie. She's also very clear that it's not because of him. I guess that's true. What do you think, Bella? Do you think that they should have been together? Did you like them together as a couple? Did you like that love story? Well. Okay. <laughs> what, babe? Nothing. Okay. All right. So you did like the love story, though. What did you think of the love story between Forrest Whitaker and the Portuguese woman? I liked that. That was cute. It was cute, Yay! but... It was cute, but it was like they, it was one of those subplots that they introduce and then it only really gets paid off uh, from a dolly shot about 25 feet away at the end. Right. Oh, she's in his truck. They must be dating. And then isn't she pregnant? <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's right. She is pregnant. Yes. So, and so he got her pregnant. Him and her kid. I think they're married. Well, yeah, but it's like. It's a year later. Yeah. Okay. So, sure, they're married, but they don't. That. It, they introduce that, and they just forget about it for the rest of the movie until the very end. And they're like, oh, yeah, they, they got together. Eh. I, I thought it was cute. The movie obviously didn't have time for it and didn't care enough to develop it in any way. Well, it was just supposed to be a little thing. I mean, it, he he told him a couple phrases in Portuguese. and Which he learned in a truck ride on the way over there. Which, I'm sorry, I don't understand how a brain tumor allows you to do that. Yeah. To learn an entire language in a truck ride. <laughs> I wish that I could do that. And then feel the pain of a human being, you know, yards away from you. It doesn't make any sense. It's weird. When you break the movie down, it's it becomes pretty nonsensical. But here's the thing. Even though it, it is that way when you think about it while you're watching it. It's, it feels okay. It feels okay because the whole time I was thinking, this is obviously aliens. This is <laughs> right. obviously a supernatural explanation. They're like, you have a brain tumor. I'm like, what? Yeah. But at that point, you feel bad for him, and you're like, well, I want him to live, and then, you know, he doesn't. <laughs> you, know how, you know how cancer gets. What do you mean, what? You look shocked. Did you not realize that Don't he died at the he end died? of the movie? He cried. I I thought he was going to die, but then I didn't see a clip of him dying. Oh, we didn't see proof of, <laughs> proof of death. Show me the body. He no. be He became the trees and everything, remember? Because <laughs> the trees were swaying and it's like... Right. <clears throat> it's like that Chad and Jeremy song, you know? I don't want him to become a tree. What's a what's the Chad and Jeremy song? You know, uh, I don't know what it is. Trees, oh yeah, swaying in the summer breeze, showing off their silver leaves as we walked by. You know that song? You don't know that song? No, <laughs> song from the sixties. I do. Now I do. Anyway, so what was your favorite part of the movie, Bella? I don't have a 
They're all good. No, you didn't like when he died? <laughs> no, I hated Did you him. like when he destroyed the mirror? I loved that. No, no, that was where my most hated part. Did you like when Robert Duvall had his one acting moment in the movie? <laughs> Robert Robert Duvall is, is a is a legendary and fantastic actor, but he has almost nothing to do in this movie. Yeah. Until he's at the bar and they're all talking about, oh yeah, you know, like oh, oh you know, like uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's what they yeah, sound super intelligent. That's what they sound like. <laughs> and then Robert Duvall's like, you gotta tear him down <laughs> so you can sleep better at night. You sons of bitches. <laughs> he has that one acting moment in the movie where it's like hey they actually gave robert duvall a scene figure out what the women's chairs are that's how you get them to love you yeah that's right what robert duvall's a romantic what are her chairs (laughs) he bought her chairs (laughs) oh god i don't know he always reminds me of my dad though yeah especially when he gets angry yeah check out bella's There you go. Okay, you're not here to self-promote, uh, Bella. Right. I Now we know why you came on. <laughs> She's like, I want to talk about phenomenon. Oh, I don't have a favorite part. Get my money. But Bella's Corner now. Yeah, tune into the next episode of Bella's Corner where Bella talks about all the stuff she loves. You got anything else to say about phenomenon? I think that John Travolta did a really great job acting in the movie. John Travolta's fantastic in the movie. John Travolta is the driving force be- behind the entire thing. Yeah. The movie is, I think his character and the movie in general is pretty severely underwritten, to mm-hmm. tell you the truth. And I think, um, I, I think, like I said, there's a lot of fantastical elements. It meanders a bit. Yeah, the, like I was waiting for you to say there was a pacing problem. Yeah, I was waiting for it. It's your favorite phrase. <clears throat> well, it does. The the movie has problems with its pacing, uh, but yeah, it, the the movie just kind of hangs out for a little while, and then uh, why do you keep? What are you doing? Wiggly butt. I'm, I'm doing nothing. You got beans in your pants. Anyway, the movie just kind of. No, ha- <laughs> but I am from France. All okay. right, sit down and. Sh- the movie just kind of hangs out for a bit, and then it gets to the plot of him, uh, you know, not being accepted by the the town or whatever, right? Yeah. Um. Then looking at him like he's a freak. <clears throat> but yeah, the thing that the thing that drives the entire film is John Travolta and John Travolta's performance. Yeah. In a lesser actor's hand, this movie completely falls. Oh apart. yeah, for sure, for sure. Because this movie is not good enough to stand on its own. I have a question, though. Wasn't he supposed to have lived there his whole life? Yeah. Doesn't he tell her he lived in San Francisco? <clears throat> briefly. He said he lived there briefly. So maybe he moved to San... They're they're near San Francisco. They're like in a little suburb. Not a suburb, but they're like... A little country town. Yeah, a little country town. Maybe probably like, I don't know, an hour away from San Francisco or something. So uh, it sounds like when he was a young man, he tried to like go there and... Maybe, you know, make his way in the big city mm. and then decided to move back. Like that maybe makes he lived sense. there for like a year or something like that. <clears throat> he makes it sound like it's a very short period of time that he lived there. Yeah. Okay. Her husband walked out on them, right? Walked out on them, yes. her and the kids, and that's why she was all 
She didn't want to get hurt again. Yeah. And she just falls in love with a man with a uh, terminal brain tumor. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit. <clears throat> Kira Sedgwick will never love again. Right? I mean, it took a dude that could move things with his mind to open her up to loving again. And then he died. Yeah, it's never going to happen again. No, Kira Sedgwick's on her own for the rest of her life. Sorry, lady. I mean, not in real life. She's with Kevin Bacon, but... So weird. And they look almost identical in the face. They do look weirdly alike. Ooh, I would love to eat some bacon. Oh, my. Oh, my. I wonder if that's what Kira Sedgwick said on her wedding night. Goodness gracious. Well, on that note, I think... It, it it is delicious, Bella. I think on that note we will uh, we will wrap this episode up. Carol, tell the people what they need to know. So go to our website at www.retrolatefee.com and write us at latefee1994 at aol.com and uh, tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends about the show. Until next time. That's right. And, and throw Bella in a corner. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> No, go to Bella's corner. All right. Well, until next time, bye. Bye.